Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again and getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before and we're bringing you along with us with new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. All right, as you know, uh, the big news this week, and it's not good news, early Monday morning, we had a robber go on a spree at 7-Elevens in several different locations in Southern California. He killed two and wounded a couple of other people, including stores in La Habra, Brea, and Riverside. They believe it could be the same robber who struck in the northern San Fernando Valley at some smaller businesses like coffee uh, donut shops and coffee shops and the like. 7-Eleven announced a $100,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of this person. And we heard from a man by the name of Steve Paul, who was the father of the man who was shot and wounded in Riverside, Jason Harrell. And he wants to come on the show and talk about uh, the horrible ordeal and everything else. Steve, are you there? Yeah. 
I'm here. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. And, and sorry to hear what happened to your son. Um, thank you for that, and thank you for having me on. Uh, tell us about Jason's condition right now. Well, Jason's condition is they've categorized it as grave. He's in the intensive care unit here in uh, Riverside. And uh, his right side is paralyzed because of the fact that he got shot in the back of the head on his left side. And uh, they're just trying to get the swelling down in his head. Uh, He's still unconscious. He comes in and out, but there's not much recognition. Uh, He's squeezing our hand with his left side. It's it's just a big mess. Uh. Why was he at the Seven Eleven? Um, his where he lives, he his uh, his girl and his daughter were already asleep. This happened about one forty in the morning, and he decided just to walk down the street to the uh, La Sierra Seven Eleven there on Norwood and La Sierra to get something to drink, maybe a pack of cigarettes. I'm not sure, but he uh, <clears throat> he was. Uh, either walking in or walking out when it happened. The video, I guess, shows uh, it was just him, and, you know, it was like just a real malicious act. Uh, and, no reason for it. So the guy... Right, like, so he just he just shot your son, just point blank, just like that. Yep. And, and there was no... Yeah. Um, there was no exchange. Uh, was there a, an argument, a scuffle? Yeah, I mean, uh, your son's not a worker at the Seven Eleven. He wasn't trying to... Was he trying to rob your son? Do we know? No, and that's the funny thing. It, it's like he he was either walking in or walking out on the video. The guy came right up behind him and shot him in the back of the head on the left side. Wow. He was just an innocent customer. That's that's what the detectives uh, told us, you know, that's on the on the video. So we're just real real concerned and you know, taking it one day at a time. It only happened a couple of days ago, so we're you know we're just hoping and praying for the best. So I guess it's way too early for the doctors to project uh, how much he'll recover and how long it would take. Well, they said the area that was hit uh, pertains to speech and movement on his uh, on his right hand side, and they said he's going to be you know if he survives he's going to be in therapy and uh you know uh caretaker care for probably a very long time and the way you described it he was shot at pretty close range huh yes the bullet uh went through his skull i guess it was the uh uh i guess it was about the size of a, a, a quarter 50 cent piece that is never going to grow back what happened was that at that point the bullet entered his brain and fragmented. So, was he ever concerned about you know crime in the area, particularly around that Seven Eleven? Did he ever express to you any concerns about something you know bad now, happening? Well, you know we're all afflicted with homeless people everywhere at all times of the day and night, and but Jason was one of the most considerate, compassionate people you, you would ever meet. He had no enemies. He yeah, he excelled in in electric work and car car repairs and and uh, he went to culinary school. I mean, and everything that he learned, if there was somebody he could help them with any of those things he learned, he did. What kind? Uh, he was just. What kind of work was he doing recently? Uh, he he's been doing construction and car repair. 
And did you say he has a family? Yes, my me, my wife. He's got uh, three children, two daughters and one son. His son is uh, currently in the Marines over in Okinawa. He has been for a year. He came back on leave. Uh, he's here. My, his other uh, daughter is a food server for a couple of restaurants. And his uh, youngest daughter, she's in school. She's seven years old. Oh, that's really tough. It and is. He, he was just literally in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's... And that's what everyone said. The first people that said that were the detectives, and they were so sorry, you know, because it was just, you know, unprovoked. And and then, you know, we... Yeah, this guy is a, just a, a complete madman. He's just shooting and killing people for yeah, the sport of it. I, I didn't hear you. Could you repeat that? No, it, it's he's a real madman. I mean, he's just shooting and killing people for the sport of it. It's not even as the result of a, a robbery or uh, some kind of uh, fight or resistance or some plan. It's just he sees somebody and he shoots him in the head. That's that's yeah. the whole that's the whole crime there. If you think about it, you go to a Seven Eleven store; they don't ever have more than maybe two or three hundred in the register because they have to make their you know thirty minute deposits or whatever it is and. There's never enough money there to, you know, to want to go in and rob the place. Were there any so, witnesses? And who first came to your son's aid? Uh, the paramedics did after the uh, store owners called. And for some reason, I guess he might have put on a different pair of pants or something. He didn't have any ID with him, but he did have a cell phone. At that point, the uh, investigators started looking up the numbers, and we were the number on his cell phone that was called the most. And they, you know, called and told us to, uh, in that way. Oh, that must be terrible. This is a middle-of-the-night call? Yes. Oh, that's the worst. It says yes. here that uh, it looks like, though, he's able to hear. He's able to hear you right now? Yeah. You know, it's really nice because as of yesterday late and then today, he will open his eyes and, and focus on certain things. He's focused on me. He's focused on his mom a lot. He's so strong, though. They've had to have uh, uh, a guy in there, you know, from the hospital. Uh, they have him restrained because he's trying to pull everything out. And it's just a big mess. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we it's... have uh, we have some friends that, that started a uh, what is that site? Uh, Go fund me. Go fund me. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. tell us. We'll, I, we'll, uh, put... Yeah, absolutely. We'll put it up on the website because this is going to be a lot of uh, expenses with this kind of recovery. Uh, yeah. You know, we were told by everyone that, you know, this is what we should do. And our friends came and said, here, we're going to let you sponsor this. And here's the story. And it's up right now. I, I saw it today. What's uh, what's the title of the GoFundMe? Oh, the GoFundMe, page? yeah. You go to GoFundMe.com and it's Riverside. 7-Eleven shooting victim, uh, 7-11-2022. Okay. Yeah, that's the day it happened. Okay. I can't even believe it. It's just incredible. Yeah, uh, you know, everybody in this town, we, we were born and raised here. You know, he went to school here, and he knows everybody. And he doesn't have one enemy. We've never heard of any bullying with <laughs> All we've seen is people that are around him smiling, you know. What What is your general feeling just over what's going on in this whole state? 
uh, just with all the crime and all the homelessness here? I mean, um, I believe it has to do with people that we stupidly elected. I believe it has to do with an inept governor that we have. And I think a lot of it has to do with all this woke nonsense and uh, the district attorney getting recalled in San Francisco and hopefully the one in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, well, I we are sure that when they find this guy, we're going to find that he's been in and out of the jail system probably numerous times. And I can't wait to find out wh- how he got out. Which of the they propositions, have, uh, which of the uh, assembly bills, uh, which of the uh, new policies on granting parole uh, allowed this yeah. guy to be free? And I, I can't believe he hasn't killed people in the past. I can't believe this is well, his first week of picking people off. Well, the first week that he's gotten caught doing it on video is what we need to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a hard world we're in right now. Everything's changed quite a bit in the last 10 years, not necessarily for the better, but uh, things are changing. Well, I I looked up uh, GoFundMe uh, on my computer here, and yeah, the title is Riverside 7-Eleven Shooting Victim on 7-11-22. And it's uh, it's for your son, Jason Harrell. And uh, that's that's correct. And so we we're asking every if you're listening right now, if you'd go to that GoFundMe site and uh, make a donation, because as his dad, Steve here said, um, the bullet went through the back of his head. He can't speak. He's paralyzed on one side and it's going to be a long, long recovery. So if uh, you could go to the GoFundMe.com and uh, in the search box, type in Riverside 7-Eleven shooting victim, and uh, you will see the page. And, and please be as generous as you can. Because they, could I they... say one more? Could I say one yes. more thing? Yes. I, there has been a reason I've listened to you guys for so many years. I didn't ever expect it to be like this, but I wanted to thank you too personally. Well, well, Steve, we appreciate you're welcome. That. I'm but sorry our thoughts are with you right now and your family. Sorry we had to meet this way, but we'll be there for you. If uh, you or anybody in your family needs any further assistance, please call us, all right? Thank you so much, you guys. I thank you. All right, you're welcome. All right, that's Steve Paul. Right. His son is Jason Harrell, and Jason Harrell was shot at the 7-Eleven in Riverside early Monday morning, just going there as a customer uh, by this guy they're now looking for, and 7-Eleven's offering a $100,000 reward. You can go to the uh, KFIAM640.com site, the John and Ken page, and we already have this GoFundMe link up on the page. So you can take Make a shortcut. Yeah. John and Ken, KFI, we were just talking with uh, Steve Paul. His son, Jason Harrell, uh, was shot in the head outside a 7-Eleven in Riverside. This is early Monday morning. This is the same guy that killed two people, wounded two others. One of them is uh, Jason and uh, he is in pretty tough condition, although apparently he's able to hear his family members and uh, squeeze hands and such. But uh, he got shot right through the skull. And uh, KFI listeners are already responding to the fundraiser. I've just been looking at the, uh, the uh, GoFundMe page. GoFundMe.com. You type in the search box Riverside 7-Eleven shooting victim. And we have a link to it. So you go to our page at KFI640.com, the John and Ken page, and you'll see a link. Riverside 7-Eleven shooting victim, and be as generous as you can, and people in the audience are already responding. So if Yeah, you can... he just went to the 7-Eleven, maybe to get some cigarettes, his dad thought, not really sure. It's like 1 in the morning. 
uh, in an area they all grew up in Riverside. This is just horrible. He's got three kids, one of them a seven-year-old girl and a wife. And I, this is just this is just the kind of outrageous, ugly, senseless nonsense. And, and Steve Paul was right. It, it is our government who has unleashed well, when we find guys. this this creep, we're going to look carefully into seeing what this guy's record is. This shooter, yeah, I'm going to see if he benefited from any of the release programs. I mean, I mean, honestly, he probably does have a criminal record. And with almost all of these guys in the last 20 years, they're all getting out early. Yeah, doesn't matter. Even the, even the newer policies are making it worse. But the old policies were doing a lot of that too. Hey. The only thing that saved us for a while was three strikes. Right, and you can see Gascon did his best to try to disembowel three strikes. He just simply wouldn't count the new strikes on the record until a judge uh, told him to stop the nonsense. It was illegal, but it was too late for the two El Monte cops. They were shot dead by a guy who got that break from Gascon and didn't get a three-year sentence that he deserved for his second strike. And stripping out all the enhancements, which are so valuable to increase the prison time. See, you increase the prison time, and even though they find ways to reduce it with their nonsense about good behavior and all that crap, but you know, if you can pile up enough years, we can still get somebody put away for a long time. But if they rip away the enhancements, we lose that possibility all, too. All the crap should be gone. No more good behavior time off. No more not prosecuting enhancements. You, you get you get a ten year sentence. You serve the full ten years. There's no excuse for that anymore. None of this is working. Get rid of the no bail stuff. Get rid of felonies being pleaded down to, to misdemeanors. Get rid of all of it. Because we didn't have this problem. Just a few years ago, we didn't have this problem. If you can give anything at all, we have the link on the website. And it's already uh, boosted up near $3,000 of the $100,000 goal since we started just talking to... Uh, uh, Jason's father a few minutes ago. So uh, the link is at KFIAM640.com, the John and Ken page. Uh, making news this afternoon, apparently it's the largest bust of fentanyl pills ever in the state of California. A million pills, did they actually count them? Were found during a raid in Inglewood at a house. They believed the house was served as a stash house by a drug trafficking organization linked to the Sinaloa cartel. They served a search warrant. The news just came out, but they did this on July 5th. But the DEA just made the announcement today that in this house in Inglewood, one million fentanyl pills. And as you know, and we've talked about this, fentanyl now is, it's the hot drug and it's not a good one. Uh, it is highly addictive and it can be very, very dangerous. It's worse than uh, morphine. It is worse than heroin in terms of addiction, and in terms of killing you. It says it's, here they were, they were fake pills designed to have the same look, color, shape, and size of real prescription drugs. They tried to make them look like opioid medications, like oxycodone. And that's been the problem. Some people are ingesting fentanyl and not knowing that's what they're doing because it's cheaper than some of the traditional opioid drugs. So I think they're using it as a substitute. Telling people, here oh, you go, I got your oxycodone, and they're, they're taking fentanyl pills. Fentanyl is, is incredibly cheap. You know, the pills really cost only pennies to manufacture. And what they're doing is the, China is sending, us, is sending Mexico the raw materials, and Mexico is manufacturing them. And the drug cartels are manufacturing and distributing them here in this country. And there are so many addicted people. I mean, there's 100,000 people dying of opioid overdoses now every year. All right. 
They believe that this was a stash worth 15 to 20 million dollars in this house. Well, that, 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 you would think that house would have been guarded, right? If you had 15 to 20 million dollars worth of merchandise in there. Uh, but they got in there with a search warrant on July 5th and they, uh, they took away the haul. T- today, I looked up how much of a dose would kill you. And uh, it, it's measured in micrograms, not, not milligrams, micrograms. And if you have as uh, little as 700 micrograms, death is likely. A thousand milligrams death is near certain. By the time you get to 2,000, death is uh, absolutely what will happen. Micrograms here. I don't know how tiny that looks in your hand. I... But street doses of fentanyl, things that you, you might get by buying uh, from a drug runner in the alley, might be in the 500 to 2,000 microgram range. Uh, it, it, during during multi-hour open heart surgeries, patients might get 250 to 500 micrograms, but that's over a long period of time. Well, we kind of have more on this story related to fentanyl when we come back. Making news today is a Kentucky woman who claimed, and I mentioned this the other day, do you remember? Yeah. That she got a, well, a dose of fentanyl because she picked up a $1 bill on the street. And she says it sent her into an overdose situation. Now, there are skeptics. We'll get into all the specifics when we return. John and Ken Show, KFI. The KFI audience has almost tripled the amount that's being donated to uh, Jason Harrell. He was the man shot in the back of the head coming out of a Riverside 7-Eleven. We had his father, Steve Paul, on earlier in the hour to tell the story. Heartbreaking story. He was just coming out of the store. And uh, this, the crazy guy shot him in the back of the head. Of the head, he's paralyzed now on one side of his body, and he can't speak. And just came out of a coma, and he's going to have massive medical bills. It's going to be a long, long recovery. He's got three kids. One of them is seven years old. And uh, if you can donate some money, go to GoFundMe.com, and you can type the keyword Riverside 7-Eleven shooting victim, or go to KFIM640.com, the John and Ken page. And the story is about the 7-Eleven shooting, uh, first one on the upper uh, left-hand side. But uh, already in uh, just, what, a little over half an hour, uh, over $3,000 was donated by KFI listeners. So we thank oh, you very much. Fantastic. Yeah, we didn't even get a chance to ask uh, Steve whether or not his son has insurance or you know anything to what, you know, what he did for a living and whether or not uh, this is going to be a real burden on the family, uh, his care and these hospital bills. Uh, uh, the Moist Line is returning tomorrow. You still have time to leave messages by using the iHeartRadio app. There's a little microphone there that you can leave a message to the Moist Line with. Or you can just dial up the old toll-free number, one eight seven seven moist 86 one 664 7886 Problems continue with the airlines, and now there is one airport that is limiting the number of passengers per day that can come at the airport. We'll find out more. It's, it's Heathrow in London. Alex Stone will join us after the news at 4 o'clock. We're talking about that fentanyl bust in Inglewood in a stash house that they believe was operated by one of the drug cartels, Sinaloa. They found one million fake pills. They're, they're fentanyl pills, but they're disguised as like painkillers, like oxycodone. That's the idea now. 
to pass off fentanyl as another drug because they're, they're very cheap to make fentanyl pills and they really, really get you harshly hey, addicted quickly. Hey, you're buying pills on the street and you have no idea what's in them. I mean, I understand addiction, but that's just amazing to me. Is you take random pills from some uh, greasy sleazeball uh, off the street and it's, you know, some little white pill and you, you don't know what's in there. No. It doesn't matter what the guy says. A lot of them are, are, are poison. You're, you're taking poison. So now in relation to that story, I had mentioned, and I was kind of kidding, but I had seen the story that people are being warned not to grab $1 bills that they see in the street or in a store or somewhere because they could be laced with fentanyl. Well, what do you know today? A Kentucky woman showed up on the Fox and Friends first show to tell that that's what happened to her. Renee Parsons appeared with her husband, Justin, claiming that they were inside a McDonald's and she saw a dollar bill on the store, on the floor, and she picked it up. And not too long after, she had a feeling over her body. Started at her shoulders, started going down. It became not necessarily hard to breathe because I was gasping for air. It really became necessary. And I, but hard to breathe because it was almost taking over my body as in relaxing me so much that I didn't necessarily care to breathe. It's an odd way to describe it, but I kind of understand what she's saying because that allegedly would be the effect. Uh, they were traveling through Nashville, Tennessee with their two children, and she did bring the dollar bill to the car with her, and in a matter of minutes, she claims that her body went numb. The husband said she just kind of laid back on the seat and I and her head was kind of going back and forth with the turns of the car. It was very scary, to say the least. However, we will tell you the update on the story. Apparently, according to authorities in Kentucky, that dollar bill did not test positive for any fentanyl. So whatever happened to her, they're not sure it happened from well, the dollar bill. They had a news story out. And the Tennessee Sheriff's Office said, do not pick up money off the ground because they had found two bills at local gas stations that tested positive for meth and fentanyl. Did, now, did she uh, hear this story and had some kind of psychosomatic reaction? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. That she picked up the dollar and then remembered, uh-oh, you're not supposed to pick up money because there might be fentanyl on it and then... People people can have these uh, psychosomatic reactions. They, they can almost talk themselves into a panic. She goes to a hospital in Nashville, and they do say that she had an accidental drug overdose. A fentanyl expert at Vanderbilt University had some reservations. I think it's really unlikely the substance this lady got into her system is fentanyl based on the symptoms she had. Uh, it is much more likely for her to have a reaction if she inadvertently rubbed her nose and exposed that drug to some of the blood vessels in her nose or licked her fingers or rubbed her eyes. He says it's possible for the drug to get aerosolized and inhaled, but it's not likely. It would take a bigger volume of drug or quantity of drug to do that. But he says it's not impossible, but it's not likely that you would have fentanyl from the dollar bill, get on your hands, and then well, get into the air system into you. They didn't test her for fentanyl in the hospital, and the police say there was none on the dollar bill, and then they destroyed it. So uh, there's no way to get any proof of this, but it is possible she uh, 
Yeah, the like, police said they didn't know. see any residue on the bill, so and it was so it was not tested for fentanyl since no one's being charged. Yeah, so it's possible she she had a, a an emotional overreaction to that idea based on the story. Yeah. yeah. So she hears the story. She goes into McDonald's, sees a dollar bill in the floor, picks up and goes, oh, my God, I was supposed to do that. And then had, what, some psychosomatic a, a, reaction? Yeah, like a panic attack. Ah. That the, 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 the fear, the fright is so overwhelming. You start exhibiting symptoms, but her symptoms didn't even match the symptoms of a fentanyl overdose. So yeah, She says, I know. can't make this up. This is how I felt. Oh, no, the symptoms are real that she felt, but it may have been self-induced. Right. By her by her panic. That is very possible. But, I mean, there have been a lot of questions since this whole fentanyl thing started a couple of years ago with reports that people are, uh, you know, ODing just by coming in some sort of aerosolized contact with it. So that's something I wondered about, whereas most people that are actually dying are ingesting it. Right. So. That's, that's why I was, I was looking at uh, how much does it take to... Uh, knock you out and then we get down to these these micrograms and i don't know what a microgram looks like right and how would you ingest that I mean, right you have to ingest it or could you actually get that from just touching or being around someone that's od'd on fentanyl well, they, they're claiming sometimes police officers are overcome yeah they respond like, to a fentanyl case like like they have they have a chart here this is from uh harmreductionohio.org it was a website that popped up and if you if if the cocaine you're taking is laced with fentanyl um you have to have the cocaine we well, have to have the fentanyl diluted by the cocaine at a 99.99 percent rate so right. if you if you uh if you end up even with a tenth of a tenth of one percent of fentanyl in the cocaine, a tenth of one percent, you have a high risk of an overdose. If you get up three tenths of one percent, death is likely. Right. So it could be ninety nine point seven percent pure cocaine. The three tenths of one percent fentanyl means you're 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 probably gone. All right, uh, we got more coming up, including we'll talk about the airline mess that continues around the world, including one airport that is limiting the number of passengers per day. That more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Hi, uh, we got the GoFundMe link on our webpage, KFIAM640.com. This was one of those who was uh, shot at a 7-Eleven in that spree early Monday morning by someone they're still trying to apprehend. Uh, the victim's name is uh, Jason Harrell. We talked to his father earlier this hour, and uh, they've set up a GoFundMe. Uh, he got shot right in the head. And uh, it says here they've not been able to remove some fragmented bullets due to the location of the back of his brain swelling. It's left him paralyzed on the right side. So use the GoFundMe link. Give whatever you can for this family and this man's recovery. He's got three kids. And, Over uh, 90 John and Ken listeners have already donated, and uh, uh, the fundraiser is up to almost $6,000 now. And, and most of that was in the last hour. So we, we thank you very much. People are donating anywhere from between ten and $500. And any amount is good. Uh, we're going to do another nice thing next hour. And it's going to be helpful and seen helpful by Deborah Mark. Really? Yes, there's a big story today in the El Segundo Times about dogs at the LA Animal Shelters who have gone weeks or months without being walked. Yeah, I saw that. They just that. sit there in a cage waiting to be adopted. Apparently, the whole system is a mess. 
Daniel Gus will be joining us after 430 because some of this traces back to the chin bag. L.A. City Councilman Paul Koretz, because he's in charge as far as the city is concerned with uh, these uh, city operations. You have the mornings free. You ought to be walking dogs. Well, what can we do as a show? I think we should do a remote at one of these shelters and have listeners come and adopt these these animals. The only thing I worry about that is our listeners. Anyway. <laughs> do you really want to inflict the dog? Uh, yeah. inflict the listeners on the dog? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have to vet the listeners, <laughs> of the course. The dog torturer. Well, 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 yeah, I, I always go to the, I go to the dark side all right away. <laughs> the dogs are at greater risk than the listeners here. Paul Koretz is chair of the committee that oversees animal issues. So he's scheduling emergency public meetings to discuss the urgent operational issues at the shelters. The story comes complete with some really sad photos. Can't you One dog with its big nose through the cage. Oh, it's just... so sad. You could take off an hour in the morning once a day and walk some dogs. I, I might do that. You live in L.A. There's got to be one near you, right? There's one. It's not that close, but I am. I told you, John, off the air that I'm seriously considering doing Well, this. I think you should. The they, problem is. They need you. I, I get so sad when I go to those places. It's heartbreaking. But I can put that aside and I can well, go and walk the, the dogs. The dogs are the ones climbing the walls there. Ugh. They're suffering more it's than hard, you will. It's heartbreaking. It, it, I'm telling you, don't <laughs> buy a dog. Wait, go wait, wait, and is, rescue. Wait, is this your attitude? It's like, I can't help you, Mr. Dog, because you make me too sad. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, I have, so, a, very, I have so a very hard time. I, I have a hard time going to shelters. I really do. It really, it, it breaks have, my uh, heart. Did you see the video of the center in uh, Lincoln Heights? Oh, my God. <laughs> the dogs are barking, and some of them, they're jumping. They're almost making it over the wall. I saw. Yeah, I know. They want to do a, a jailbreak. Well, they're lonely, and they the, want their attention so and love. And they're, Well, you know how many people dumped their dogs after the COVID They're like prisoners. Well, because people got dogs just to keep them company for two years during the lockdown. Right, and when they go back to work, they decide, eh, I don't have time for you, dog. Back right. you go. In a cage. Yeah, nice. Real yeah. nice. <laughs> all right, so all of this will come up in... She's getting worked oh, up. I'm so upset. Somebody on this show sent me those articles, and uh, it just ruined my whole just day. Just to taunt you? Yes. Yeah, but the point is we Wasn't bring it me. up, and maybe they'll get help. Maybe some people in our audience will go and walk the dogs. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that you're talking about this. Yeah, we're not doing a show at a shelter, though. I don't want to stand there all Oh, afternoon. come on, Ken. I think that would be, I'm serious. We would get so many people, and I bet you that shelter where we where we were, whatever, what, what am think, I trying to say? The shelter would be cleared out. We'd sell out all the dogs? Yes. yes. Keep in mind, it's a lot of like pit bull looking things. Well, you know what? Those I, are hard to get I, adopted. I, I know, but there are other dogs, not just yeah, but there's a lot bulls. of there's a lot of gang members, so. Oh, God. Gang members are going to come and adopt. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to take this back to the hood and turn it into a killer. Thank you, John and Ken. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm glad I actually make money off of dog fighting. So great. Thank you. Again, we would have to vet them. I don't know how. This was just kind of You're a, gonna a random vet them. thought. Well, it's not up to you. It's up to the shelter to decide. There you go. That's dogs. right. So Maybe you don't do that. Why, why, don't, why don't they? Is this city-run shelters? Yes, they are. And, LA and city-run shelters. With all the exorbitant taxes, they can't pay dog walkers? Well, they're volunteers. They don't pay people. Well, why don't they pay people? Well, it's one of the questions we can bring up. Next I, don't, I don't understand. That's maybe not in the budget since it's lower priority. I'll do it for free. The... Uh, it's okay. I don't All right. Well, uh, we, we, we will uh, encourage you every day now Fine. to sign up for some dog walking duties. Okay. The, right. 
Okay. All right. When we return, what we're going to be talking about is the continued problem with uh, air travel. I can't help you. You make me too sad. Uh. <laughs> I didn't really say it like I that. No, I'm, I didn't... I'm just teasing. I'm just okay. teasing. Don't tease about this. This is serious. <laughs> While the airlines continue to cancel flights, it doesn't seem to be affecting their bottom line. Their profits are still pretty good, and Europe is a mess. And we can also talk about uh, London's Heathrow Airport limiting the number of passengers. All that coming up with Alex Stone from ABC News next. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has news, KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.